Welcome to the Capstone Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Preeti Korean. For more information about us, visit capstone-church.org. Is everybody okay? Okay, so I want to look at the season. I want to look at um, what we are at right now. Do you know historically, whenever there's been a time of distress... God has looked for a person who will turn that point in history. Let me say that again. At times of great distress, God has always looked to find a person. Say one person. No, no, say one person. Who is looking to change history and partner with God. See, everybody can look at the position and the problems and all the things that are happening. And we can meditate on that. But God reveals himself as the one who searches for a person. Throughout the Bible, he's looking for one. Say he's looking for one. He's looking for someone who he can lead. So they can lead Per, the, the nation to victory and this person must be committed to discipleship this person must be diligent in the things of God and must be willing to take on the responsibility of others you look at the Bible you find Moses at the time when the Israelites needed deliverance God found Moses you look at when they, the, the people of God were going in the wilderness through the journey. After Moses had led them out of Egypt. He looked for Joshua. He speaks to Joshua and he says, you don't need to be afraid. Where you go, I will go. Where you put your foot on, I will give you that land. When Saul, the first king, failed to live up to the expectations. Not of the people, but of God. The word of God says in 1 Samuel that God looked for a man after his own heart. Hallelujah. During the post-exile period, you see that God looked for someone who will build a wall. Not a spiritual wall, an actual wall. See, sometimes God delivers a nation in simplicity. It's not in the, in the things. He says... The word of God, in the Lord says, I look for a man among them who will build the wall. God is looking for people at this turning point in history. And I want to be that person. Do you want to be that person? This weekend, uh, I said on Friday, I did, um, I did a conference with Georgian. And Georgian asked me to speak on courageous leadership. You know, and I was thinking, that's, that's an interesting topic, you know. And I love the fact that he thinks I'm courageous, you know. And I also think, I, I, th- I find it funny that he thinks that I'm also, you know, like, in leadership. Because like, no one ever really steps, I don't know. I didn't grow up thinking I'm going to lead anything. I just wanted to develop my code and sit there happy. Play games on the computer, have a dog maybe. Okay, by the way, Rayma's found a dog that looks like me. Okay. Um, and I've been like hinting to everybody like this dog. Um, it seems this dog is quite a character. I don't know if that's why Rayma says it looks like me. But next week or a week or two, or maybe in the family group, I'll put the picture of the dog. 
and you guys can comment on whether it looks like me or not. Okay? I think it does, to be honest. I showed it to a couple of my friends, and they're like, yeah. Initially, they're like, what? Rayma said you look like a dog? I was like, no. <laughs> then I, sh I looked, showed it, and they looked at the dog and goes, okay, yeah, we can see it. <laughs> okay, so this, yeah, and this dog is known as a lion dog. So there. Okay, so I'm going back to my talk. <laughs> but at this time, I'm looking, and I'm looking at this, and I, see, you know, Rakesh and I were talking yesterday. He asked me a question. He said, knowing and going through all that you've gone through in the last, so this is, a, this is my week of my spiritual birthday. So 20, what, 24 years in the Lord. So I've, I mean, I've been in the Lord longer than I've been not in the Lord. Yeah, you can clap. I'm still here. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's, it, it, in some ways, yes, yeah, some people say, is it only 24 years? I say, yeah, it's only 24 years. But, you know, he asked me a question. He says, like, knowing what you know today, would you take the decision? Uh, which is an odd question for a pastor to ask another pastor, you know? So, um, and I said, um, I said, I would definitely take the decision. But there would be certain truths I know today that would have helped me as a younger person. So I'm going to go through scripture because I love going through scripture. And I'm going to teach from scripture today. And, um, and I hope all of you have your Bibles. So uh, one thing I would say and uh, advice is that when you do come to church, bring a Bible. You know, bring, because that, this is going to set you free. It's the word. Like I've gone through such, and Rakesh asked this because I've gone through so many seasons. And as I go through these seasons, what has kept me has been his word. You know, and yes, um, you know, you can remember his word, but I, I feel there's, and I, I'm, I'm going to go back to basics today. Um, Matthew 5, 48 says this, therefore you shall be perfect. Say perfect. Just as your father in heaven is perfect. So the Lord Jesus speaks here through the scriptures. He speaks. Uh, this is Matthew chapter 5. He's speaking from the Beatitudes. He speaks to the believers and says you need to be the salt and you need to be the light. He says that I've come to fulfill the law. He says murder begins with the heart. He says adultery begins in the heart. That he said marriage is sacred and binding. I'm just reading the titles. And Jesus forbids oaths. And he says to go the second mile and... He says, you need to love your enemies. Jesus gives a sermon and he finishes his sermon. I mean, he, he, he comes to a point in his sermon and he says this. He says, therefore, say therefore, therefore. you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. Now, my question here is, can I, can you and I be perfect? And if we can be perfect, how do we become perfect? What is the truth of this perfection? And as I was reading this, I remember this is um, not in entirely my, some of these points I heard from other people. So I'm, I'm just, some of the truths I've heard over the years, I'm sharing with you. You know, and some of the truths that the Lord has spoken to me. So let's turn our Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. And I'm going to start and I'm going to, we're going to look at what it means to be perfect. And say, I want to be perfect. How many of you think that this season is so tough that you can't be perfect in it? Isn't it? It looks like everything is going so weird that we can't find a sense of perfection, isn't it? I don't know how you guys are, but you guys seem much more holier today. And I can even know if you're smiling or whether you're reading. Oh, by the way, this week I got glasses. So I have like long distance 
Um, I need glasses for long distance, but not for shorter distance to read. Okay, so two weeks, last two weeks ago, Daniel gave me a joke. He said, uh, you know, the government has now asked us to wear masks, and if you wear glasses, you're entitled to condensation. <laughs> so I wore my glasses, like I should have brought it today. So I wore my glasses for the first time. He gave this to me. I don't know if Daniel's being prophetic that I'll need glasses or something, okay? So I looked at it and said, I can't crack the joke because I don't wear glasses. And then I got glasses on Monday or something like that. I look good in them, by the way, okay? And, um, I, and I bought, so you know, like Specsavers, or sorry, I shouldn't plug anything. All, some of them give you deals, like buy, uh, buy one, get one free, right? So I went, the free one, I bought the weirdest sunglasses. If you guys ever take me out anywhere, I'm going to wear that and embarrass you. They are like, they are 70s weird. I love it. That's my personal story there. Finished. Talk is finished. No. Okay, so I'm going back to the word, okay? So here it says, uh, so Second Peter, um, and we're going to look through this, the epistle of, uh, second epistle of Peter, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Simon Peter, say Simon Peter a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God of our Lord and of Jesus our Lord uh, as his divine power has given us to given to us all things pertaining to life now you look at this portion of scripture okay and Peter, say Peter. Peter is walking with, who did he walk with? He walked with Jesus. And as he has walked, he learned certain truths. Now, the first uh, epistle of Peter speaks on a different matter. But this epistle of Peter actually, and I'm teaching here, it actually deals with the dangers of human influence and false teaching within the body of Christ. See, we are all not aware that there is false teaching. And we need to be able to discern that which is true and that which is not why because it's the truth that sets us free if we don't understand truth you will be having the same pattern in your life over and over and over and over and over what's the next word and over and over again do you want to be what is that uh, TPT, the, uh, the Passion Translation that, that Jeevan read, he said, it said, the empty-headed life. You know, when I grew up in the Middle East, one of the first words I heard, learned in Arabic, okay, was, um, you know, it was, it, when you're young, you know, like you, like, you learn all the curse words and the bad words, right, in a language. So, um, the, one of the first words, this is not a bad word, but the first word I learned in Arabic was um, mafi muk. You, you can hear Eben laugh. Okay, mafi muk means empty-headed. The, there's no muk in here. Mafi, <laughs> mafi muk. Okay, that's what it basically means. So, so here uh, you look at this. The thing is, the false teachers will lead you to mafi muk. You know, and it will lead you to empty-headed life. That means you're not taking decisions well. You're not leading your life well. It's empty-headed. Am I right? So, so, as, so this episode is so that you and I have freedom. Say freedom. So this, um, I think Kirby said this, is convinced that the best antidote to heresy is a mature knowledge of truth. Peter speaks to his readers with a 
proper appreciation for prophecy to live holy and godly lives while waiting for Christ's coming to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of God. Peter is writing so that the people of God will be blessed. How many of us need to be blessed? By the way, um, I'm, you know why? I'm going to speak to you as to why we require response. In the traditional churches, they don't require response. They go on a different doctrine. We are of a doctrine where we are all partakers and partners in the holy calling of God. So it is easier not to respond. But it's biblical to respond. Let's go biblically. Hallelujah. So here... I mean, you look at this, Jesus says you're, you're going to be perfect as your father in heaven is going to be perfect. Many people have tried to explain away this truth, okay? But let me tell you the truth. You will be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Sorry, let me say that again. Say, I will be perfect as my father in heaven is perfect. See, I can't achieve that on my own, honestly. I'm going to see how I'm going to achieve this. Okay, so perfection in, a, in this sense means dealing, like Jesus speaking to the church, it's difficult to not move, but I, I'm going to trust the camera people to follow me. Okay, so, so as, as Jesus is writing to a church, you know, he's speaking on the mount, on the Beatitudes, uh, he's speaking on the mount, and he's, what is he saying? He's saying, listen, you can, you can live a holy life, you can be a peacemaker, you can be the salt, you can be the light, and you can be everything that your father is. Do we want to be everything our father is? I don't know about you guys, do you want to be everything your father is? Sorry, I can't hear you. Do you want to be everything your father is? Yes, I want to be. See, I am sick of the enemy. Like if you read 2 Kings, I think it's 2 Kings 19, or uh, it says the, the king of Assyria, the king comes to the people of God and says, don't trust God. He won't fulfill his promises. I believe that the enemy is lying to us in this season. He's telling you, don't trust God or partially trust God. God can save to the uttermost all those who approach him through the name of Jesus Christ. Say, God can save to the uttermost. Whether you're as far as Pluto is from the sun, whether you're even in another solar system today, it does not matter. Our God can save. Hallelujah. And the first thing we understand as we're reading the Beatitudes there, the perfection comes in love. See, perfection comes when we are not just right to some people. When we are right to all people. Sometimes it's easier to be right to people who are, you'll apologize, you're walking into the, into the tube station, you step, step on somebody's foot, you'll be like, I'm so sorry. Really, I'm so, 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 so sorry. So sorry. But you'll do something to your spouse and you won't apologize. See, I'm looking at, see, you may, or you, you may do something to your mother or your brother. Whatever it is, God has called us to a level of his perfection. And I'm looking at the scriptures and I'm hopeful. See, I woke up this morning and I'm hopeful. Most 40-year-olds are not hopeful. 
I'm, I'm not 40, but most people in their 40s, okay? Jeevan is like in, in his mind correcting me, okay? So Simon, so I'm going to go into this portion of scripture. I'm going to teach from this. Simon Peter, the bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Somebody say bondservant. You know what a bondservant is? A bondservant is not just a servant. A bondservant is someone who was a servant and then was given their freedom. And after getting their freedom, they choose not to be free, but to go back and serve the master willingly. That's a bondservant. A bondservant is one who chooses willingly to serve his master. That's, and so Paul, Peter right now here identifies himself first as bondservant, implying that he is a loving servant. Then he says, I'm an apostle. See, our position in the church, our position in the body of Christ, all comes after our position and our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. The first and foremost is who we are to our God. Everything is tied with that. If we come and say, hi, ta-da, I'm an apostle and I'm not a bondservant, I'm nothing. So I've been watching my preaching and I look really serious and angry when I preach, which I'm not in my normal self, so I'm going to be smiling a lot. Because, I mean, Eben does these clips, you know, and then, uh, like, as he's doing these clips, I look like I'm telling everybody off. I'm not, okay? So, Peter, I keep calling him Paul, isn't it? Peter's not going to be happy. He ran. Peter considers himself first a bondservant rather than an apostle. And I believe for us in this season, if we are going to step into a place of victory, our first and foremost thing is our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Then comes ministry. Then comes everything else. I am first and foremost a bondservant of a living God who has saved me from the uttermost darkness and placed me in the most brightest of places and has given me everything that is perfection pertaining to life. I am first and foremost a bondservant. And then it says, it goes on to say, um, it says, uh, to those who have obtained, like, it, and it goes on to say, uh, to those who have obtained uh, every, uh, this precious faith with us by the righteousness of God. Now, if you look at this, you, say with us. Say with us. To those who have obtained, like us, precious faith. Say precious faith. So if you read it in, the, in the, the Passion Translation, it says, this is a letter from Simon Peter, a loving servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who, who has been given faith as equally precious as ours. We think that the apostles are there and we are here. That's not the truth. It's the same God who gives us each a measure of faith. That means you and I have the ability to call forth Macedonia. You and I have the ability to call forth Rome. You and I have the ability to shift Jerusalem, to go into Judea, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, and in the name of Jesus, be free to say that. We have the same faith. Are we understanding who we are? Paul, Peter, writing to the church here, says this. He says, I love the fact that he calls himself Simon Peter. You know what some say Simon means a bruised reed. But it also means, Simon also means one who hears. And he calls himself Peter, which says it's a rock. I love the fact that he calls himself Simon Peter. It was Jesus who called him and named him the rock. Why? Because who you are, hears who you will be. And that has partnered. I know who I am. I know from where the pit from which I've been called. And I hear who I will be. See, humility 
is understanding where we came from and where we've been placed. See, I look at us. Many of us have been blessed beyond words. I like what Matthew said. Matthew said this. He said, some of us don't even know what we've been saved from because there have been diseases and illnesses that passed us by that we can't even testify because the reports came out negative. Hallelujah. We came to the Lord and said, Lord, let the result be negative, and it was. Hallelujah. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. See, grace means unmerited favor. Say unmerited favor. Grace also implies supernatural empowerment. Let me say it in simple words. Say simple words. Simple words is this. This word grace lifts us out of our level of ability. See, if, see, let me say this again. As long as you can do it, we don't need grace for it. As long as you and I can do something, we don't need grace. But if we start thinking of something and dreaming with God for something that cannot be achieved, which goes beyond our natural ability. See, David, in the time of his rest, what did he do? He dreamt of a temple to host God's presence. Why? Because he wanted his people to have answered prayer. He couldn't do it. Jeevan spoke about the blessings of, of the Israelites. They were giving 23% of what they, they in, with their tithes and offerings. You know, today, globally, even in England, you know how much of England the Jewish people own in terms of property? You look around the world, their forefathers' giving has changed the children's destiny. Grace empowers us to do something we can't do in our own ability. You know what I asked for when I was younger? I asked for the grace to give, a supernatural ability to give. And because of that, I've seen blessing. Hallelujah. You guys are very quiet, but I'm going to continue because this is a good word. Peter is talking here about something that is possible only through the enabling supernatural power of God. God, let me tell you something. Are you in a difficult situation? If you are, God is going to confront you with a task or even many tasks that you cannot accomplish in your own strength in order that he may open up grace to you. Are you in, I'm saying that again, are you in a difficult situation? If you are, God is going, that is God confronting you in a place that we cannot accomplish in our own strength so that he can open up his grace to you. You know my testimony. When I became born again, you know what I got hit with? Financial difficulty. I couldn't solve it on my own. And then he gave me the key. And the key was the grace, the supernatural ability to give in the midst of despair. He may ask you to give love. He may ask you to give forgiveness. 
He may ask you to ask for forgiveness. I don't know what it is. But grace shifts us out of our own ability. And we have to grow in grace. Hallelujah. See, this portion of scripture is so... I, I'm teaching the word. I'm just going through this. It says here, it says, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know why this is one of the most pivotal lines in the Bible? Because Peter, who walked, a Jew who walked with Jesus, is simply stating the deity of Jesus Christ. He's saying he's not just Lord, that Jesus is God. See, we sometimes don't know the significance of scripture. This is an eye-opening verse because this is the most direct and clear testimony of the truth of Jesus Christ as the person of the Godhead. Peter says it here. He says, and I'm teaching you how to read the word. He says, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Simon comes and this, this is, look at this. You look at this. 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, he says this. See, he says, I'm going back to there. He says, he says, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us, the righteousness of our God. Let me tell you something. I have enough faith. You have enough faith. Your faith with grace can shift a nation. We as a church, really, in the season, have um, two alternatives. Either we do the right thing and open up to the grace of God, or we reduce God to the level of our own efforts and our own ability. The latter is dishonest. It is misrepresenting God. It is tough to speak about revival over and over again. Like it was tough for the Israelites in the land of Egypt for 430 years. See, it's natural to shift into a place of bondage and slavery. It's easy to do the day-to-day. -day. Why? Because it doesn't shift anything. We know that if we try to fight the, the, the Egyptians, we face consequences. So I'd rather not fight. I'd rather do a daily thing. And be happy with it. But I don't think that's God ordained. Especially for me. Especially for me. Especially for me. Especially. Do you understand? See, I don't want the ordinary. I could have stayed in the world. I want the supernatural. See, I don't want to sh reduce God to my own levels of explanation. Can God save to the uttermost? Yes, he can. Am I going to believe the lies of the enemy and say, that says, lose hope? I'm not. Because God is still God and he's still good. <laughs> Look to the camera and smile, man. <laughs> Eben, I'm doing all this for you, man. Hallelujah. Let me tell you about these two things. Somebody say grace. Somebody say peace. Did you notice I'm only teaching from verse 2 right now. Grace and peace. You know what peace means? Peace means shalom. It means to be complete. That means God has called us into a completeness. That means 
Peace cannot come into place without completeness and grace. The Christian life is actually about multiplication. Somebody say multiplication. Say multiplication. See, it's not about addition. I'm not going from version 1.1 to 1.1112. I'm telling you something. I'm excited for acceleration. You know, you guys, we have to be careful that we've heard so much word that we stop getting excited for it. See, it is at the point of my most brokenness that I've seen God break through for me. Hallelujah. The mud, the pain, the things that God has brought me out of. I'm looking at this and I know that I will be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. My Father in heaven does not cry. My Father in heaven does not break bones. My Father in heaven does not have pain. And I will be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. The word of God says so and it shall be so in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You look at this. It says here that the Christian life is progression. Multiplied. It's not stagnation. Stagnation is when I try to do it with my own ability. With Christ, it's supernatural. And I want to shift to the supernatural. I remember times, you know, before Uber and before, I'm naming names, so um, before all of that, I grew up in India. And, I, and in India, if you want, sometimes you want to ride, you go by the public transport, you get a rickshaw. It's a three-wheeler, it's auto rickshaw. And these auto rickshaw drivers in our city are temperamental. They all, they're very, they love to be together in the same place. Is, do we want them in the same place? No, we want them everywhere. And I remember every part of my life, every part of my walk with the Lord, I would simply ask the Lord. And I remember coming out of my um, house, there was not a single alteration in the street. I could see from this end to that end. And I lifted up my eyes to God, the creator of heaven and earth. And I said, my father, I need an alteration. And you know what appeared? An alteration. And as I got into the alteration, the alteration guy, he says, I don't know why I'm here. I said, I know why you're here. And he says, where are you going? I said, I'm going right now to the house of the Lord to worship him. And I gave him the salvation message. He got saved. And as he got saved, he came and attended the church. Ask you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. And everything will be added on to you. This is our God. And right now I look at the Uber and I look to see whether it's escalating or de-escalating. That is not my portion. My portion is a supernatural natural grace that gives me empowerment to take the nations. You were listening to the Capstone Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more great content and updates, connect with us on Instagram at capstone.church. See you next time.